Welcome back to Black Culture, Black Thought, where we examine current events and see how they relate to Black culture, history, theory, and thought. I'm Francesca, and I'm joined with my girl, Jody. How you doing, girl? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. We actually miss our girl, Chelsea, today. We're just going to give her a little bit of BCBT love. Love. <laughs> <laughs> BCBT is a little short for Black Culture, Black Thought, in case y'all didn't know. So we love you, girl. We miss you. Hey, hey. So <laughs> there's her shout out. So what we're talking about today. So, so in today's episode, we're going to be discussing how voting and democracy has changed over the last few presidential elections and how it affects Black people in America. So since Black people in this country have had such a racist history with voting and democracy, I want to give you all a little brief history on voting rights for African-Americans. Although the Constitution granted Black men voting rights in the 15th Amendment back in 1870, it wasn't really practiced till almost a century later. In 1920, the 19th Amendment gave all women's all women suffrage, which we really know what that means. That was supposed to mean that all, you know, voting rights was equal for all women, but we know how that go. You know, Black women was probably not really accepted, of course. Not at all. <laughs> Right? <laughs> right. So, I mean, we could talk about suffrage, but that's for like a whole completely different episode. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Entirely different, different episode. episode about the racism within it, you know, what is it? Eugenics, all of it. So, yeah. Exactly. It was meant for Karens. It wasn't meant for us. Right. Mm. Right. Originally, all Karens. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to save that for another episode. Exactly. <laughs> Now, despite the 15th Amendment and women's suffrage, suppressing the Black vote had become part of white supremacy. So Black people were still discriminated against and discouraged to vote, I mean, to vote with poll taxes, literacy tests, and grandfather clauses. Black people rebelled against these practices, which led to the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which made discrimination against Black voters illegal. Over the years, then Black voter registration has gradually increased, but has voting really become made fair and just for black people like in 2020 what is it looking like you no. know i don't i don't even think so uh. but <laughs> let's take a quick trip down memory lane and share some of our voting experiences um what was your experience voting voting in like you know previous elections like um it's been interesting i haven't really i hate to admit i haven't really been voting that long i would say that this year is the first year i've ever voted in a primary because i i've designated a party for years i've always been independent i always kind of look at um the you know the person running for office you know what i mean because Mm -hmm. there could be someone who's a democrat that's really shit but the republican is better you know what i mean it's just Mm -hmm. but um i could tell you about the first time i attempted to vote I tried to do apps. I was living abroad and we decided that me and my two of my flatmates who are American, we decided that we were going to vote absentee, which resulted in me having to register to vote for the first time, which that went through. Uh. But to this day, well over a decade later, we're still waiting for our absentee ballot to come in the mail. So okay. <laughs> it just never arrived. And so in talking to other Americans at the school I was at, a lot of us who registered, you know, for absentee ballots, we never received our ballots. And that was, we found that kind of interesting. And that was, I'm going to age myself a bit, but it was during the Bush-Kerry campaign. 
and mm-hmm. it was it was interesting and it kind it really put me off voting again because I was apprehensive about voting before then because I figured my voice will never be heard my voice will never count why am I even doing this you know but remembering like how contentious like that campaign was I felt the need to like I needed to make sure that my voice was being heard but apparently by not getting my ballot it just assumed it just kind of re solidified for me my voice doesn't count you know that was until (laughs) Obama so (laughs) that was a completely different experience um I where I live in Brooklyn it's West Indian. Um, I love it. I'm West Indian. I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I am. Uh, Not only am I a New Englander, but I'm also a Trinidadian New Englander. (laughs) But the beauty of my my poli... That experience, though, is different. And my continuous experiences of going to my polling place has been different. Primarily because of the fact that I live in an immigrant neighborhood. Um, The people that run the polling place are these older West Indian like ladies from all various islands. So that when you come in there, it feels like if as though like you're walking into your grandmother's house in a sense, you know? And mm-hmm. for me as a child of immigrants, walking into a place and having the poll st- the poll workers be immigrants. You know, they made the choice to become a citizen and they're doing like their, I, well, I guess their civic duty. You know, like this is a choice. Every step of the way has been a choice for them to show how they, I can't think of the word because sometimes like I'm trying to get a little emotional, but like how, you know, they've chosen to be here. They've chosen to become a citizen. They've chosen to be poll workers, you know. It just kind of proves to those Americans who feel that they don't have any right in this country that they have every right to be here. Does that make sense? Right. You right. know. So, like with Obama, I mean that. I mean it was cold. We waited in line for four hours, but it was the most jovial four hours I've ever stood in line for. We laughed. You know, people started playing music. They started like busing because there's a few senior centers around me, just like senior centers of just like these old West Indian people just coming in to vote. You know, one man I remember distinctly, he was like 80 something years old and he had been voting since like 19 every election since 1971. So it's 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 really good to kind of see that. And I'm really excited I mean, I'm not really excited to about who I have to vote for, but I'm excited for the experience of being able to vote again, just so I can yes. be with like Miss Esther or whomever, you know? So yeah. Right. That's me. That's yeah. Right. So what about you? Well, you know what? Similar to yours, when I, well, my first time voting was actually for Obama. I was away in college at the time, but it was, super magical super beautiful just an experience like no other and I'm so proud to like have that to be like something I tell my my kids about and stuff because it was like it was a complete celebration like nothing short of a celebration Mm -hmm. so like the voting process itself was was pretty dope like you know we went to the um local library was where we were we were voting at Mm -hmm. and it was a ton of black people just all excited we were all like you know hype and just knowing that we were making a change you know we just you couldn't tell us nothing 
knew we were doing something important. And um, the night that the results came in, I remember it was actually raining that night, but everyone on campus went outside. We all like without without umbrellas, no nothing. Mm. Black people getting their hair wet, not caring. <laughs> like we were just yeah. we were partying, we were singing, we were dancing. It was like some random one dude who was naked running around the field. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was a whole party on the yard, and it, we was it was just like I couldn't even like. I can never forget it. It's like engraved in my memory. Mm-hmm. So it was beautiful. I loved I love it. it. But yeah. um, so much since then. I mean, like voting in general just has changed so much since then. Like after the Obama era for me, the game changed a bit when um, the whole Clinton and Trump presidential election of 2016 happened. Mm-hmm. And Clinton won 2.87 million more votes than Trump. But Trump received the majority and the electoral votes then won the whole election. And that completely blew my mind because it like kind of changed the way I felt about democracy. It almost felt like to me, the electoral college was overriding our democracy and it didn't make sense to me to be honest. And I still don't kind of fully understand how the electoral electoral college works. Do you know? Yes, that, like, I do know how the electoral college works. Um, Cause I'm a nerd cool. like that. Uh, <laughs> 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 but basically how the electoral college works is every state has a certain number of delegates um, that's assigned. Um, not stick sign, but chosen to vote on behalf of the presidency, um, depending on the party or whatever. But the history of the Electoral College kind of goes all the way back to the founding of this country. It made logical sense then, doesn't make logical sense now, and I'll explain. So it came out of the 18, not 18, I'm sorry, 1787 Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia. So our nation's founders hoped to call the formation of powerful factions and political parties, and they wanted a mechanism that didn't solely rely on popular majorities or Congress, hence the birth of the electoral college. Um, But what it was was that at the time, we were still rocking with the 13 colonies. Some areas of the some states in the colonies had more of a bigger population than others. For example, um, Pennsylvania, especially Philadelphia, had a big population. Same goes for Boston. Delaware, maybe four. You know, Rhode Island, two. So by doing this, by creating the Electoral College and having the delegates, it, it gave everyone an equal voice in that sense. So it wouldn't be like a popularity contest. Which, frankly, but they'll still have the popularity, the popular contest on, on the side. And as America expanded, they kind of kept this electoral college going. And today it doesn't make sense to have it because obviously we have a big enough of a population that it can go by majority rules for whoever is running for office. But they're op- for some weird reason, they're opting to keep it and it just frankly doesn't work because i mean not only like case in point with trump and hillary clinton hillary clinton won the popular vote the same thing when it came to george bush and al gore al gore won the popular vote but george bush won the electoral Mm -hmm. the electoral college vote and he became president so it's like, well, then we also had like the hanging Chad thing and then all this thing and the Supreme Court decided, but that's like for a whole yeah. <laughs> different episode. 
But <laughs> right. the one surprising thing about the Electoral College uh, is that out of all of the various political races that you can run for within this country, the presidency is the only one that isn't decided by uh, a popularity vote. And that's, that in itself interesting. is interesting. And like my, my conspiracy theory tinfoil hats come on, and I think it's so that certain parties can aim to try to remain in power. Hmm. You know, not same in whom, but, you know, yeah. Absolutely, because there should be no reason at all in 2020 or even in these since since the founding fathers first made the the whole thing up, you know, (laughs) no reason why in present day we should have a system that still exists Mm -hmm. that overrides the people's vote. Mm -hmm. It's like no reason at all. And I think that it. Oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no. I mean, I'm, I was like agreeing with what you're saying. It just logistically makes no sense. But I think it, it, it all goes back to people in power wanting to remain in power. And Absolutely. I'm not talking about like Absolutely. Republican or Democrat, because the same thing could happen if there was like a, you know, a Democratic, a Demo- uh, Democrat who was president. You know what I mean? Like, and they don't want to make any changes about this whole entire fucked up, excuse my language, system, because it means... Mm-hmm. Some people might lose their power. Yeah. And another thing about it is like it's because it's so misunderstood mm-hmm. by so many people. It, it's like it it makes you feel like you're being robbed of something. It makes you feel like you're being kind of conned out of something. Yes. You know, I feel like the Electoral College should have had like some type of PSA or something on how this operates and works because it like left mad people, including myself, hella confused. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like there should have been something where, you know, this was explained to the people. And it's very insulting in the sense, not only to our intelligence as as American people, but it's also, it's so very condescending to, I would say, for like this past presidential election. It was just like, well, you know, Hillary Clinton is really our president. And we just kind of feel so... to. I, part of me, I mean, I don't agree with Hillary Clinton's politics, but part of me, if I were Mm -hmm. to hear like, well, you know, you were really were the president and I feel really bad for you. Like I would lose my mind after a while because that's just, that's just unbelievably condescending. Mm -hmm. Like she has hardly shown her face since the election because I I can only imagine. And she's had such a history Mm. and I mean, I'm saying not all of her history is Mm. good as far as like what she's done, but she's been in the game for years. Mm. You know, I even heard that like in the past, she even regretted uh, marrying Bill Mm -hmm. because she she thought that, you know, he fucked up her momentum as far as like, you know, getting respect uh, amongst you know, people, her peers and everything. And imagine Trump coming along with no history in politics, mm. no nothing, and he wins. I, I would be done too. My, my my hands would be up. I would throw the flag and be like, fuck this. Y'all don't appreciate me. Like, you know I'm going to be making, you, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm just going to sit here with my books. I might go to Michael's, make some yeah. wreaths. I don't, I'm done. <laughs> done. 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 Stick a fork <laughs> in me. I am done. yes yes so like i think like even since those times like we 
we just don't because we didn't understand fully um, or thoroughly how the whole electoral college or most people didn't ex- understand yeah. <laughs> how the electoral college works. It really just messed us up. And it was something that, you know, I think a lot of people are going into this election kind of fearful about as well, wondering if their vote really matters. Mm-hmm. But I also know a lot of other things that um, I hear a lot of people talking about, which is a little concerning to them are like, you know, the outside interferences, interferences with the election voter fraud, voter suppression, and now we have to deal with voting with COVID. Yeah. So <laughs> this is another thing. And let me just tell you a little bit about, because I went to early vote yesterday yes. um, at York College, mm-hmm. and for the most part, it was good. Like, you know what, I think they did a really good job with prioritizing, you know, the elderly voters. There were like, you know, a few elderly voters, they moved them right up to the front of the line, you know, got them in. Um, in and out really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they did a good job with like, you know, just moving things along and, and there were people coming around with hand sanitizer and masks, giving out free masks and everything. I thought that was mm-hmm. cool. Um, I, I I think that like, you know, all Americans have an un, a different understanding of how, you know, the rules are supposed to be as far as like social distancing and the mask. I think both are supposed to be practiced, like the mask plus social distancing. <laughs> the blood. I think a lot of people think it's, <laughs> it's an either or situation. No. So, like, Death so, isn't like, an either or the- situation too. So it's like, do you want to live or do you die? Do you want, it's like, thank you. It's, 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 <laughs> this is like one of the things where it's like binary. It's either, it's not either mm-hmm. or, it's black or white in this situation. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Either do it or you, you die. Know. Come on. <laughs> so like, I was like consciously making at least six feet space between the person in front of me and me. But the people behind mm-hmm. me was right up on the hills. And I was just like, I'm not understanding what they don't get about social distance. Yeah. So like, mad time, you know how you kind of turn around to give them the gesture? Yeah. Like, hey, let me know. And they would like move back a little bit, but I had to keep doing that. So that was, that part was uh, a little frustrating, but for the most part, everything else was smooth. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. It gives me an idea to kind of like put a yardstick taped to the front of me and a yardstick <laughs> taped to the back to me when I go and vote. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Keep your distances, okay? Keep my distance. I'll be that person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like I am so, risking my life by being in here. Literally, <laughs> let me just do it in peace. <laughs> Girl, it was it was just too much. I was like, "Come on, we got to get it together." But I understand they didn't want the line to go like off the block and around the corner. Mm. So I guess they were just trying to do what they could mm. do. But um, let's take a look into voter fraud. Okay. Now, that's something really that. I feel like Trump is pushing just to make everyone believe that if he loses the election, the whole thing was rigged. But there's really like little to no evidence that supports his theories. And, you know, people are really concerned about, I think more concerned about like the outside interferences with the election and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. You know, like, I think that that's actually something to really worry about. But although, believe it or not, 52% of America believe that voter fraud is real, which blows my mind. Which it's fascinating. It it blows my mind as well too because it's it's baseless, and the reason why that yeah. the talk of voter fraud actually started right after the Civil Rights Act, um, the Voting Rights Civil Rights and Voting Rights Act was signed in 1965, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was, you know, the increase. It's 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 in a way to kind of get people 
it didn't ramp up really until there was talks about it in the 80s but it wasn't until like the mid 90s where it became like a main talking point for the republican party yeah, like the thing you know yeah and that's probably because and i'm looking at his evil face now um <laughs> hands <laughs> a von uh, spakowski um oh. I don't even care that I'm mispronouncing his last name. But regardless, <laughs> but he started something called the Heritage Foundation. And one of its platforms is to combat and call out uh, voter fraud. And so, but the thing about, I find interesting about him is that um, he has examples of voter fraud in on his database, alleged, let's preface that with alleged. But when you ask him okay. to explain it, he can't explain how it goes. Or like, I or when you actually look into it, like the actual facts, you'll find out that it's not voter fraud. So in the, I think, 20 plus years, he's had this hair, this foundation and, and going on conferences. And now he's a talking head on Fox News all the time. And actually, he was on CNN once, which I thought was bad. But um, out of it, maybe... I think I forgot the number, but maybe two or three was actual cases of voter fraud. But get this, it was a it was a Republican who was doing ah. the voter fraud. So it's it's really interesting. I mean, they I watched this documentary on front my favorite show to watch on Tuesday nights on PBS Frontline, and they had a special mm-hmm. episode um, last week, and it was called "Whose Vote Counts." And it kind of mm. broke down. They use Wisconsin and the recent Wisconsin primary as an example of um, not only voter suppression, but also mm-hmm. how um, we get to the point of deliberately trying to create situations where people can be caught out for voter fraud. But it's not voter fraud, yeah. but they can use it as an excuse for voter fraud. You know what? Speaking of what you just said, voter, like with the Republicans who did it and even calling out, wasn't our president and like trying to encourage people, well, Republicans specifically, Mm -hmm. to go ahead and vote twice Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like watch the polls and stuff? Like, so it's really interesting that the, the party that's pushing this whole theory is the party that's pretty much responsible. Yeah. So. But continue. But it's it's <laughs> it's like it's. I mean, for one, those things that you mentioned are illegal, you know, and right. they're doing it, and they're not being caught out. Like, for example, um, um, our favorite state, Florida, <laughs> where only when early <laughs> when early voting started, it was like a whole group of people showed up with armed guards, saying that they were hired by the Trump organization to watch this polling site. Mm-hmm. Are. Mm. so that was interesting but going back to the primary in Wisconsin I think what happened uh, there was a Supreme Court case that essentially that was passed during, during like the Obama era that basically said that it's states rights they can set up how their, their own absentee ballot process well Wisconsin they changed up their form so crazily that no one can really understand how it works you know and in the same documentary what happens is what happened was they took the journalists into a room and it had over 320,000 
of like rejected votes and it was rejected for like little things like um it had the right post date but it was received after the post date of when it was due do you get what i mean or um yeah they filled out one part of the form but they didn't fill out the other part of the form but the writing on the form says you don't really have to fill out the second part of the form but you're rejected for that and i think one of the more disheartening parts of it is is you know one of the poorest areas of wisconsin um milwaukee i think it's called Col- the, the area is called Colliff. call call cliff oh i hate that i'm mispronouncing it but Go to PBS, watch Frontline, okay. you'd like it. Anyways, so <laughs> okay. the average salary there is $24,000 for a family of four, right? Almost everyone in that neighborhood is 100% Black. These mother and daughter team, they took it upon themselves. They started an organization to try to help get proper you know, social services in their neighborhood, you want to help out. And one of the things that they did was to get people to vote. So they were going door to door, trying to get people to do absentee ballots, explaining to them the process. People, people were excited and they were voting. Well, mm-hmm. in the interview, in interviewing, interviewing with them, again, the journalist comes up with a stack of over a thousand rejected note votes from that neighborhood and wow. that says something and one of the things yeah. i found heartbreaking was that uh, the daughter said the top vote she's like i recognize that name because this young man had never voted before registered to vote um did the absentee ballot and she had to convince him to do it because he was convinced as a black man his voice didn't count mm. and yet she's like how do i go back to him and say that your vote was rejected. Hmm. You know? And it and and, wow. and it's it's deliberate for me, like yeah. It's deliberate. It's deliberate to to it's deliberate to marginalize our voices. I mean, just like how in Absolutely. there was like I think a hundred thousand rejected absentee ballots before they even made it in, in New York. I'm talking about New York now, because there was a one little misprint on on the absentee ballot so that they became invalid so they couldn't be mailed out but the borough that it was coming to was brooklyn Hmm. you know where brooklyn has a sizable black majority exactly oh this is definitely deliberate absolutely you know so it it just makes you begin to think you know yeah you know you know and and the thing is like we already like you said, we have this 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 fear, especially with our history mm-hmm. of you know not being welcome to vote, not being having to fight just to have our vo- voices heard. So it just doesn't help the black community at all when these so-called you know discrepancies come up where oh this you accidentally forgot to do this, so we have to like just completely of like void your entire. Uh, vote like it's 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 crazy and it's like you said it's deliberately supposed to discourage us from continuing to be heard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i mean all, all of that plus 
this like the other day I was watching um MSNBC with my mother mm-hmm. and they were saying that Iran and Russia um were somehow uh, interfered with the election again and I was like you got to be kidding me so I went in and I started reading yeah. and they said that they obtained U.S. voter registration information which <sighs> I mean like we just can't have a regular election no. for the life of us like it's just not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. As we know, we we there was already evidence found from the previous election mm-hmm. um, that that Russia interfered. So I mean, I think Black people already have a grave history of mistrust in the government and the election process. Mm-hmm. And these issues like this do nothing for our faith in democracy. And frankly, make you wonder why white people aren't more focused on like the security of our elections and our privacy rather than suppressing the black vote. You know, what I know mean? what you mean. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting question. Like you wish you wish that there's an answer, but there isn't. Yeah, you know, and yeah. and I think at the end of the day, it's to uphold white supremacy, really, and to continue to uphold. I mean, supremacy and power, same thing. You know. Yeah. You know, and I also think like a latter part of it is that they are looking towards us again to come in and play Captain Save a Ho. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> they're, absolutely. They're like, we're not going to say anything because the Blacks, because as, as Trump mm-hmm. likes to call us, the Blacks, you know, <laughs> is, is going to come in and save the day or at least attempt to save the day again. And, mm-hmm. you know, if the fact that we didn't save the day the last time and we got blamed for that, yeah, you know, they'll probably be looking towards us as a scapegoat if shit hits the fan again. Hmm. Exactly. So it's a situation exactly. as if it's always, we damned if we do, damned if we don't, in their eyes, you know. But little mm-hmm. do they know, you know, they're on their own because we ain't. Yep. You know, <laughs> because 53% of y'all voted in... <laughs> against your own interest <laughs> exactly the last exactly time. we did our best <laughs> if you don't want to make the changes that's a problem that's 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 on you boo so yeah yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> but i mean like you said we can't be saving them out here we just can't do we can't wait listen we're magical, mm-hmm. but we, mm-hmm. we aren't gods. I mean, we are gods, exactly. but you know what I mean. So, <laughs> but in terms of like, well, what do you think? Like, like why is it that? I mean, I, like you said, I definitely think that you know, white America, and I'm not saying all white America, but you know what I mean. They're more focused on suppressing the black vote, mm-hmm. also because I I don't think they want us to understand the power that we uphold you know mm-hmm. like the power that we like the magnitude of change that we can put in place i mean they see they see that it's possible they've seen it but they want to continue to suppress it because it would be too scary for them to realize that they they have a fighting force that's better mm-hmm. <laughs> and more effective <laughs> and you know like i just think it's still just the carrying on of white supremacy, trying to hold on to, you know, its power. Yeah. 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 At the end of the day, it's power. Yeah. And it's, and I'm, and, we're, and I'm not talking about party line. I'm just talking about, yeah. you know, it's, it's the same. It's like for me with Democrats, I always kind of call them like the, 
a chihuahua. Like they're all bark, but no bite. We want to do this and we're going to go do this and we want to do that. But there's never any follow up. There's never any follow through. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, well, are you just saying it to appease us? You know, Mm -hmm. and I'm saying us as in like black people, because especially when it comes to things like voter suppression and voter, especially voter suppression. Yeah. Y'all talk a game about it, but what are you doing? To make sure exactly. to assure that it doesn't happen, because you exactly. benefit from it too. I will say that at the uh, at when I went voting yesterday, there was like a guy who was kind of like you know keeping the line organized and letting people know where they can go and bringing the elders off the line to the front. And there was this one person like, um, "Oh, I don't have my ID." Um, no, no, something like, "Oh, no, no." She said, "Are you going to be checking ID?" Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Oh, nope." We don't need no IDs. That's voter suppression. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the entire line was laughing. And I was just like, that's right, brother. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. He's like, that's my watch, okay? (laughs) But but speaking of voter suppression, lots of Black people are also wary of the mail-in voting process this year. Like, tons of people are choosing to use the mail-in voting process now because, you know, COVID's crazy and it's just a lot safer Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, but um, a lot of people are weary about it. Like you said, you've had an interesting um, experience. Personally, my grandmother's been, like, mail-in voting for over a decade now, and it's been, like, she's been cool with it and it's been good, but I know a lot of people don't have a lot of trust in the system mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the mail has been crazy lately. Like, you know, like the, the carriers have been stressed and everything like that. So I know that that's something that people don't really have too much trust in. Um, and voter suppression has unfortunately been a constant for black people. Um, I've been reading about the black mail-in ballots being rejected in North Carolina since 2016. Mm-hmm. And these rejections were happening at disproportionate rates and sometimes in varying degrees nationwide. Uh, Political science professor Daniel Smith co-published a review of Georgia's 2018 midterm election data and found that black voter absentee ballots were rejected two times more than white voters absentee ballots. Um, And apparently the most common reason ballots are rejected is because they arrive late. Now, that's something that contributes to this whole, you know, something that contributes to this whole mail service being less reliable is that it's, you know, in, le- in lower income communities, that's just usually how it is. Mm-hmm. They're not reliable. Things come late. And with this pandemic, like I said, they've been stressed. The service, the carriers, everything. And, and also, wait, didn't they like, um, didn't they like take some machines away or something like that? Like they, they, yeah, they did. They, yeah, right? they took some of, they took some of, as in voting or some of the mail counting machines, the uh, mail sorting machines. Thank you. The mail sorting machines. They like, I don't even understand why at this time they would think this is something that's benefit. Why cut costs there? (laughs) Because I mean, obviously like the postmaster general, the new postmaster general is a big Trump donor. One of the biggest ones. That's how he probably got the job and he's doing his bidding. It's, you know, it's to, um, weaken the voting, you know, weaken the election process so that he can essentially try to steal the election again to assure that he wins, you know? That sounds like it makes sense. You know? That's- <laughs> it's like you're cutting hours, you're cutting as a way to cost-cutting things, you're, you're removing mailboxes in certain areas, you know what I mean? Like, 
crazy. We're not stupid. You know? Right. We're not stupid. Right. Well, I mean, there right. are some and, people and... who are stupid. But I mean, you and I, Fran, <laughs> we're not stupid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just, it's pointless. But I mean, they're like, there's a method to their madness. So. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> This is America. That this is America. This is what we have to do. But well, every empire must fact. fall. Which is interesting. This is a fact. It's a fact. And it's a fact. we're in our we're even though we've never been established as an empire, it's almost been that unspoken truth. That's really funny. I was having that a conversation with my best friend, um, actually a few weeks ago mm-hmm. about that. And she she said that she said, you know, every great empire must fall. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to we can't we can't expect America to be, you know, reigning supreme forever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but the thing about every great empire must fall, which that inevitably inevitably means that the rise of another empire is gonna come, mm-hmm. right? So who or where is that going to take place? You know, well, you can kind what, of see it though, in a sense. Who can it be? I kind of feel like too. Yeah, I feel like we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's options. There's options. It could be China. It could Russia. be Russia. It could be yeah. yeah. It could. Be, <laughs> I mean, I feel like some people are just putting it right in some people's hands mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> see who shan't be named. <laughs> right <laughs> it's ridiculous but hey we we see it like you said we ain't stupid no we ain't stupid hey we see we all them book learning we ain't stupid mm-hmm. and we also mm-hmm. have this thing called critical thought thank you <laughs> thank you you ain't you ain't low mm-hmm. so like, but let's just hope that oh let's just hope that america don't go down in ashes let's just hope i mean I, so, i've already started my victory garden i'm i'm, I'm gonna mm. go out with a whole bunch of herbs i can't grow veg but i could grow i could die you know i can make a good pesto so hey i hear that yeah. i hear that <laughs> oh, gee. um but another factor um and another factor in that is that like the as far as um the the ballots being rejected mm-hmm. is that people lack experience in how to actually fill them out, mm-hmm. fill out the absentee voting, you know, ballots. So a lot of first time users are more likely to make unconscious mistakes. So for our listeners, we're going to be attaching a YouTube link with instructions on how to properly fill out your absentee ballot. So mistakes can be avoided. Um, but yeah, that that's something that's that messes people up as well. We encourage early voting. So if you can, you know, try to get that done. But um, with all the changes that have been made for this election, as far as, you know, the fear mongering, you know, COVID, uh, with all the history of voting rights in America for black people, how are you really feeling about this election? Like how, you know, what do you want to see happen for black people? And what are your thoughts? My thoughts? Um, I mean, I can see where if based upon our options to vote, who we have who we could vote for not really wanting to vote um yeah but i would want i mean ideally it's almost kind of i'm trying to be diplomatic here um but it's almost as if as though like we have no choice but to because yeah there's there's a way it's almost kind of like this understated feeling of needing to save yourself <laughs> mm. because 
but you don't want to because it's not our responsibility anymore to save ourselves and mm-hmm. and frankly it's the white population in order to come and save us because we've tried saving you so many times and we're tired yes. but at the same time not trusting them to save us so we got to save ourselves again by having to vote for you know I mean, hey, there's black people who do want to support Trump. I'm looking at you, Candace Owens, you know, but <laughs> right. but there's also, you know, a good chunk of us are Democrats, you know what I mean? And who do we have for a Democratic option? You know, Biden and Harris, two people that we don't even really trust as a whole. Yeah, so we have to choose the lesser of the two lesser of two evils yet again. You get what I mean? Yet again. Because in 2016... That was the case. And well, let's skip the Obama years. But before that, I mean, in 2004, that was the case as well, too. Like, like we're constantly having to choose the lesser of two evils. And that yeah. shouldn't, and that's, Absolutely. that's not right, nor is unfair because, again, within the Democratic Party, yeah, they like us, they love us, but they don't really want to listen to us and hear what we have to say. Yeah. So there's changes that need to be done in that as well, too. For me, I just right. feel like the older guard, bless them, they have to go and bring in some new, fresh, young, progressive voices. Because the way the Democratic Party is going is going progressive. And that's scaring, mm-hmm. you know, the older mm-hmm. Democrats, like the Bidens, the Pelosi's. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Diane Feinstein is a Democrat, but if so, her, I mean... She's like nearly 90. Like there shouldn't really be. And it's a way to just kind of hold on to the power. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I'm veering off from the question, but I'm going to vote. I'm going in person to vote um, because I just, well, for one, it it took too long for me to do for like an absentee ballot and I don't trust it. So, Mm -hmm. um, which is, for me as this is my given right. And I don't trust my given right. Mm. That I have to go mm-hmm. and risk essentially my life to go stand in line to vote. Right. So I don't know. Right. I'm I'm heading off on a tangent, so I'm gonna stop right there. I'm just gonna tell y'all, regardless of who you are, <laughs> vote. And please, the fifty-three percent of the lovely white women who voted against their own best interest, please change your mind. <laughs> and don't do it again please this year. Please change your mind. Right. Please change your mind. We ain't going to depend. You know what I mean? Because so- <laughs> we ain't here to play Captain Save a Ho this year. It's your job to save us. Mm-hmm. Or let's just save each mm-hmm. other because we're just going to rain down. Usually I'm like, oh, like I'm the queen of like, you know, cautiously optimistic. But now I'm not even really feeling that. I'm just cautious. Yeah. So. Yeah. But that's me. Yeah. What about you, Chick? I mean, for me, I'm like holding on tightly to the hope of 2008 mm. and I like I'm hopeful that black people will show up and show out in this election regardless of any obstacles and deterrents and I mean like not literally putting yourself at risk just you know taking this serious um although a lot of things may come in your way just pushing through anyway and knowing that you know your your actions can make a difference mm-hmm. whether you 
believe it or not, I, I just want you guys to understand that your actions and your vote can make a difference. So don't don't psych yourself out of it. Don't say, I'm not going to vote. Trump already got it. Or, you know, his fear mongering then got to us. And, you know, America's just going to vote him back in. Listen, if Trump wins again, he will have absolutely nothing to lose, which makes me scared, which puts America in danger, which makes which which will just change the whole game. So let's do what we can if we can if we can. So let's just get out there and vote, man. I'm not trying to like pressure you guys. Like I said, like do what you can. If you can, you can. But I mean, it would be really great to get this man out of office. <laughs> it would be really great. So great. Absolutely. I think that it would, I mean, I honestly, I think that regardless of how this election goes, it's going to be some type of uh, outrage mm. that, you know, is resulted in whether Trump or Biden wins. It's going to be outrage. Um, I think mostly from the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if, if, you know, I think, I think, first of all, even if Trump wins, I don't think he's ever going to be fully satisfied no. with anything. He's always going to push for more. Trump's always going to be a big baby. Trump's always going to be a victim. Yeah. So, like, he, he's never really going to be satisfied. He's just going to, you know, gloat and do his thing, tweet off about, you know, his victories or whatever. And But for the most part, if Biden wins, oh, man. honestly, I... I feel like there might be like a race war that really breaks out. I think so too. I think it it could get really ugly but I I think in that in those in that case um, we just have to be aware that we 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 know that we have the power to put out any crazy fires to you know like this I think that I think that in this situation of a race war, I don't even want to talk about it because I'm afraid that it would yeah. happen. But I think that we just need to, to stay focused on the progression of Black people mm-hmm. and not focus on the possibilities of our powers being taken away or or people being, I, I, you know, for the most part, we just have to, like you said, um, stay optimistic yeah. a bit in the situations, even though it's scary. Yeah, true. And I think like, you know, in addition to being a race war, I think it'll just going to be, just absolute crazy because I think it'll just be conservatives against liberals yeah. too, and it's just like, oh. yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, just straight. Yeah. As I've always said it, and I've said it before. I know we've said it like in our pre meetings or whatever, or just in conversations. Just put them all in a Walmart mm-hmm. parking lot and let them fight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fight it out. Go just, ahead, just do let it. them fight. In the words of Babs, let them fight. So. Yes, shoot the fair one though. Shoot the fair one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we from New York. We want you to shoot the fair exactly. one. <laughs> I don't know what that means because I'm from Boston. But I'm just laughing along. Oh yes, you're from Boston. That means no guns, no knives, just hands. Oh yeah, you know, fair just fight. Box this out. Exactly. Yeah, fair fight. I forget what we call that up there. Probably just fair fight. <laughs> just knock him out tommy just knock him out all right yes exactly <laughs> that's the thought but right in me coming out go ahead <laughs> but we all in all 
we encourage early voting. We encourage you to get there on November 3rd. We encourage you to try to be the change you want to see in the world. Do what you can, people. And um, Joe, do you want to go ahead and have any final thoughts? If not, you can close us out. I'm going to close us out. As you know, and as Fran just mentioned, we encourage early voting and exercising your right to be heard. So please check out vote.org where you can find out your early polling place, as well as where you can find your local polling location if you want a chance it with me and risk your life on November 3rd to go exercise your right to vote. Let's do this. Um, also, <laughs> if you want to learn more about the history of the Voting Rights Act for African-Americans, please visit myblackhistory.net. Um, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you want to hear more, please remember to hit that subscribe button on wherever you're streaming this, pl- streaming this episode. So that way you know when a new episode drops. Also, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, why not leave us a review to tell us what you think about the show, preferably a five-star. We love five stars. Um, If it's less than five stars, I don't know about you. Also, also, uh, we have some really good episodes in the pipeline. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend and to tell a friend. Uh, Because, you know, we, we have a lot of We have a lot of, I guess, knowledge to share. We want to make sure everybody's in the know. Um, Yeah, let us educate you. Let us educate you. Exactly. Let us us bring you into the fold. Like the whole plan of BCBT Mm -hmm. is to, you know, make Black studies malleable for the masses. Come on. Come on in. Um, Yes, we encourage you. Come. Come (laughs) Join our cult. And, and don't forget to follow us <laughs> on social media platforms. We can be found on Instagram at Black Culture underscore Black Thought and on Facebook at Black Culture Black Thought. Um, hope you guys have a lovely day, morning, evening, or afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this, and continue to take care. All right. Bye. Bye.